When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. Devastating hurricanes sweep through the world, particularly in the Caribbean and southern U.S., more and more often in the recent years. The best place to hide during a hurricane is a secure basement, a closet, or a bathroom with no windows. It is also a good idea to get under a solid piece of furniture to save yourself from a collapsing roof. A must-have device to have with you in this situation is a weather radio running on batteries. It will give you evacuation orders or instructions on how to survive in your shelter and update you on the weather situation as you wait for the all-clear signal. Protect your house to be on the safe side. Install shutters and panels on your doors and windows, and secure the roof. If a hurricane starts while you're driving, leave your vehicle and find a building to shelter in or a ditch. Stopping in an overpass will not save you. If your home is a trailer and there is enough time to flee to a safe area, do it. Do not stay in the trailer hoping it will withstand the storm. Tornado Tornadoes swirl at the speed of 300 miles per hour and ruin everything in their way. Once you hear a tornado warning and notice the skies getting darker and darker and the barometric pressure drop, it's time to get into a sturdy shelter. Again, it's a good idea to take a weather radio with you. An underground shelter or a room on the lowest floor is the best place to hide. Stay in the middle of the room, as debris mostly heads for the corners. Protect your head with sofa cushions or your arms. If a tornado starts when you are in a public building, follow the same rules. You'll want to stay as low as possible. Avoid windows and open spaces such as auditoriums, gyms, and large hallways. Desks and benches can give you some extra protection if you get under them. It is impossible to outrun a tornado. It can easily lift up your car, and driving in weather conditions it brings won't be fast anyway. If you don't have enough time to drive to the nearest shelter, stop your car in an open area with no trees or objects that can crash down on it. Get out of the car and hide in a ditch or lie flat on the ground protecting your head with your arms. Be careful and wait for the tornado to pass. Leave the damaged building as soon as you are informed it's safe outside. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Tsunami Gigantic ocean waves caused by earthquakes and underwater landslides are called tsunamis, and they are up to no good. They obviously arise in coastal areas, no matter if you live in one of those or stay there on vacation. 
do not wait for any instructions once you feel an earthquake. Immediately escape to a higher-lying area. Tsunamis are so fast, they hit the coast minutes after the earthquake. Remember that tall buildings, including hotels right in the beach area, can provide an excellent shelter. In case a tsunami finds you at sea, stay there instead of going back to the coast. It won't be a safe haven. If you live in an area with a high tsunami risk, it is a good idea to discuss an evacuation plan with your friends and family. Think of a place where you can all escape in case of disaster. Flood Floods occur more often than any other natural disasters and change the landscape dramatically. Remember New Orleans, Houston, and other low-lying areas? They're usually caused by intense rainfalls, which can be long or even very short. Don't try to be the bravest person around and stay in your house once you hear the evacuation warning. Leave for safer, higher grounds with your important papers in a waterproof container. If a flash flood gives you no time to evacuate, and the water is all around you. Don't try to swim across it. A river with debris in it is way stronger than you. Worst-case scenario, when there is no other way but move in the water, try swimming on your back with your arms behind to steer. Avalanche An avalanche can hit when you are enjoying alpine skiing in a dreamlike location. It is very fast and devastating, burying everything in its way under tons of snow. When an avalanche starts, try to move to the side of the slope as fast as you can. There will be more snow in the center of the flow. To move faster, drop any heavy equipment you have on you. If you can't escape it, try using a sturdy tree to keep you above the snow. Don't let yourself sink. Kick your feet and arms as if you were swimming in the snow heading uphill. In case you get buried in the snow, dig an air pocket for you to be able to keep breathing. Wait for the rescue team to find you, and don't waste your energy shouting or aggressively digging the snow unless you can hear them close to you. Wildfire Wildfires, both natural and man-made, spread at an amazing speed and destroy everything in their way. If you find yourself in a wildfire area, it is critically important to ensure that you can breathe. If you fail to do it, you can pass out in the midst of a danger zone. Use a wet cloth to cover your nose and mouth and escape to safety. Upwind of the fire and in a treeless and bushless area is the safest place you can go. The best option is to find any building to hide in. Remember to leave its doors unlocked so that the firefighters can save you if it comes to that. If there are no buildings, but there is water next to you, get in it. If you can get in a vehicle and drive away from the wildfire, do it. It will give you more chances to save yourself than running away, obviously. Even when the smoke gets so thick it is impossible to drive, do not leave the vehicle. Earthquake There are some areas in the world which are more prone to an earthquake than others. You most likely know if you live in one of those areas. John Anderson and Yuichiro Miyata of the University of Nevada singled out the top American states where earthquakes take place most often. They are Alaska, California, and Nevada. However, earthquakes of higher or lower severity can happen just about anywhere. You might not be hurt by the earth shaking itself, but by the things that fall on you. Make sure your TV set and bookshelves are secure on the walls. Heavy furniture also has to stand firmly on the ground. 
picture frames and mirrors do not belong right over your head. If an earthquake starts when you are inside, stay where you were. Experts say that during an earthquake, you must drop to the floor, get underneath a table, cover your neck and head with one hand, and hold on with the other. Your entire body must be under a table. Don't try to run out of the building. The exterior of a building is one of the most dangerous places. If you don't have any tables, try to get as low as possible. Protect your head and neck with your hands. If you are outside when disaster starts, stay in an open area, away from anything that can fall on you. Dealing with a foreign object in the eye First things first, if there's something in your eye like a piece of glass, don't do anything yourself. Have someone drive you to the hospital. If the object is just an eyelash, then don't forget to wash your hands before you do anything. Try to locate the eyelash by looking in a mirror. Blink to make your tears wash the eyelash out. Once the object is in the corner of your eye, take a wet piece of cloth and use it to remove the eyelash. Applying ointments to a wound Ointments contain unwanted moisture, which is a great environment for bacteria to reproduce more quickly. The best thing you can do is clean the wound in cool water with soap and put a dry bandage on it. You will see that the wound will heal more quickly. Rubbing a person with a fever with alcohol or vinegar Vinegar and alcohol are absorbed into the blood, so it's kind of a way to get drunk or to make a wacky salad dressing. Seriously speaking, alcohol rubbing may create intoxication, while vinegar will significantly raise acidity, which is especially dangerous for children. So don't believe these outdated pieces of advice. Drink a lot of water, tea, and other non-alcoholic fluids. Cool the air in the room to a temperature of 61 to 64 degrees Fahrenheit, or from 16 to 18 degrees Celsius. In these conditions, the patient will get over the fever by themselves. If they don't, they should see a doctor. Lifting up an unconscious person If someone faints, you have to lift them up and sprinkle some cold water on them, right? Well, that's what most people think. Like this video if you thought so. However, lifting a fainted person up will only aggravate the spasm. What you should do is lift their legs up, unbutton any tight pieces of clothing, and don't let them stand up right after they come around. After they regain consciousness, don't let them drink coffee or energy drinks that many people love. Caffeine will only lead to dehydration. Treating burns with butter or sour cream Many people believe that this method is effective only because it relieves pain. But why do butter and sour cream make you feel better? The thing is, we keep them in the fridge. So when we put them on a burn, they're cold. The danger is, though, that butter and sour cream dry your skin and disrupt thermal exchange. This results in heat having nowhere to go but deeper into the skin, causing even more damage. What you should do is hold your hand in the cool water for 15 minutes. This will help with the pain. Do you know why blisters appear on the burnt spot? In our bodies, everything happens for a reason. Blisters protect the wound from infection. Removing the protective layer may lead to festering. Setting a bone on your own Are you a professional trauma surgeon? If not, you should never set a dislocated joint on your own, no matter how cool or brutal that looks in the movies. It may result in additional injuries. 
and the resulting litigation. The best course of action would be to immobilize the injured limb and go to the hospital as soon as possible. Bandage the limb in a comfortable position, immobilizing not only the place of possible fracture, but also the two closest joints as well. Applying warmth to a sprain. When your muscles are sprained, a warm cloth won't help. On the contrary, heat will strengthen the blood flow, leading to a more severe swelling. In the first days after the injury, apply cold. It will lessen the inflammation and kill the pain. Try to use the sprained limb as little as possible for at least the first 48 hours. Making yourself vomit in case of poisoning. The standard recommendation for poisoning is to make yourself vomit. It might sound reasonable, but actually it's strictly prohibited. First of all, the poison can get into the lungs and damage them. The second problem is that if someone was poisoned with some chemicals, vomiting doubles the chance of burning your throat. Finally, it might be very difficult to stop vomiting once it starts. So this can lead to dehydration and even more severe consequences. In this situation, the only smart thing you can do is call the ambulance as fast as possible. Rescuing a drowning person There's only one obstacle on your way to rescue a drowning person – not being able to swim. If you are, though, nothing can stop you from saving that person's life. Remember to approach them from behind so they don't see you coming, otherwise the person may hinder you or drag you down in their panic. After you've approached the person, grab them under the armpits or by the chin and move to the shore, keeping their head at your belly. Pulling out objects from wounds Now, you can pull a splinter from a finger or a small glass shard from your hand, but you must never try to pull out objects from serious wounds. Even doctors keep them in place until the patient is in surgery. The thing is, while the object is inside the wound, it doesn't let the bleeding start. So, until you are under professional supervision, don't do anything, not even touch the object. The only thing you can do is put some alcohol on the wound. But you must be ready for the wound to hurt very much. Ah! Whoa, that's a splinter. No matter how scary a knife in a leg looks like, don't try to be a hero and just go to the hospital. Applying ice to a bruise There's nothing actually wrong with treating a bruise with ice, but most people do it wrong. You shouldn't apply ice directly to the skin if you don't want to get a cold burn. Instead, put a cloth between your skin and a pack of ice. However, even using a cloth doesn't mean there is no risk of being burnt. That's why you should put ice for a maximum of 20 minutes at a time and then take a 90-minute break. If for some reason you don't have a cloth you can use, don't use ice at all. Believe us, you'd prefer to have a bruise rather than a cold burn. Another thing you should know is that there is no point in using ice 48 hours after the injury. Using stitches to close cuts It's not wrong to use stitches. In most cases, it's the only way to close a wound. But putting stitches is a long and painful procedure which requires removing the stitches after the wound heals. So, in some cases, a less brutal thing might work. Skin glue Skin glue is very quick and virtually painless. Wash the wound with cold water before using glue. Then stop the bleeding by pressing the wound. Close the edges of the wound and put skin glue along it. However, if you see that the wound is too big, Don't take the risk and go to the hospital for professional help. What to do if you've spotted a shark? 
Well, first and foremost, don't panic. I know, (laughs) easier said than done. But maybe this surprising tidbit will calm your nerves. These predators' bad rap is a bit unsubstantiated. In fact, only a few people a year on the whole planet are killed by sharks. This means that, statistically, you have more chances of drowning somewhere near the beach or even being struck by lightning than becoming a victim of a shark attack. Nevertheless, knowing exactly what to do when meeting this carnivorous fish will lower your risks of being attacked or seriously injured. 1. Never go into the water if there's a posted warning on the beach. Be attentive, read all the information around you, and listen to what they say over the loudspeaker. 2. Don't swim at night or at dawn or dusk. This is when sharks hunt, so they're more aggressive than usual. Not to mention, when it's dark out, you have almost zero visibility, so it's pretty much impossible to see an approaching animal. Number 3. Swim only in clear and calm water. This way, you'll be able to spot danger from far away. Remember that sharks can rely on other senses besides vision, while you have only your eyes to depend on. Number 4. And very importantly, don't start singing the Jaws theme song. You know, bum 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 you know, like that. Anyways, some sharks like to show off to the other sharks and bite a tourist. And well, this just encourages them. Actually, I just made all that up. Sharks can't sing. Also, be careful what you wear. Sharks can negatively react to bright colors and shiny things because they look like the shark's usual prey of fish and seals. So, don't look like a seal. Avoid wearing bright swimsuits, especially yellow, and colorful swimming fins because a shark might mistake you for its lunch. And before you get in the water, take off all your shiny jewelry and accessories, since these reflective and metallic things look just like shiny fish scales. Number 5. Don't splash or thrash around in the water too much. In a shark's brain, this sudden movement must be a wounded defenseless animal. Again, that's an easy meal for them. Avoid sudden movements when you're swimming underwater too, because it might seem like you're in distress. Or you might look like a seal. Number 6. If you've spotted a shark, stay calm and concentrate on getting away and out of the water. You need to do this quietly and quickly. Yeah, right. Number 7. Check for signs of aggression, indicating that the animal is about to attack. These include circling, arching the back, making sharp turns, or lowering the dorsal fin. If an attack seems inevitable, take a defensive position. Now, you might have heard that you should punch a shark in the nose to survive its attack. Although this is true, not many people have enough courage or strength to do this, especially underwater. In the extremely rare instance of a prolonged, deadly encounter, pull out these notes and study them thoroughly and then determine the best course of action. Actually, if you take that much time, you'll be the main course for the shark. So do this instead. Try to put a solid object between you and the animal. For example, a diving mass or a surfboard, or maybe your buddy over there. If there's nothing at hand, the best way to scare a shark away is to scratch at its eyes or gills. Don't stop fighting. This way, the shark will get the message that you're not worth all the trouble. 
Otherwise, you can always refer the shark toward that other guy to eat as a substitute. How to avoid a jellyfish sting Now, if you take some preemptive measures, you won't need to worry about jellyfish stings. First of all, choose an area where you can swim safely. If you know that there are jellyfish around, avoid that place. Duh! Also, pay attention to warning signs and watch for purple flags. That's the international sign that you'll most likely encounter jellyfish in the water. If you see a jellyfish that's washed ashore, don't touch it. Even if the animal is dead, its tentacles are still poisonous and can sting. Ah, the gift that keeps on giving. Now, if you didn't manage to steer clear of jellyfish and got stung, don't panic. Their stings are rarely life-threatening. Sure, they hurt a lot and can cause a rash. In extreme cases, the venom can even spread throughout the body. But if you react quickly and correctly, there won't be any dire consequences. Immediately call emergency services like 911 if the affected area is large. For example, your whole arm or your torso. If the jellyfish touched your face or genitals, or if you're having a bad allergic reaction. The box jellyfish, which can be found near the coast of Australia, Hawaii, and in the Indo-Pacific, is especially dangerous. Its venom is incredibly potent. So look out for a light blue creature with a cube-shaped head that can reach up to 6 feet long. Wow, that sounds like my brother-in-law. Hmm. After you've been stung by a jellyfish, Get out of the water and stay calm. Don't touch or scratch the place of the sting, because there might still be some tentacles attached to your skin. Pour some seawater, not fresh water, this is really important, over the affected area and leave it. Don't dry it off with a towel or anything. Then, pour a generous amount of vinegar over the tentacles in your skin and let it sit for at least a half a minute. If you can, add some hot water to the vinegar. After that, scrape off the remaining tentacles with something plastic, like a credit card. To relieve the pain, submerge the injured part of your body in warm water at about 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Experts say the heat soothes the pain and deactivates the venom better than ice. As for the whole pee-on-a-jellyfish sting tip, it's a myth, so don't do that. Nobody wants to see that. What to do if you've stepped on a sea urchin? Stepping on a sea urchin while going for a nice, relaxing swim in the salty water is extremely common. And it can seriously ruin your vacation, since sea urchins are venomous and their stings require immediate treatment. First off, make sure you're not feeling any chest pain, nausea, or difficulty breathing. If you are, call emergency services. And if not, start by removing all the spawns. They make puncture wounds and usually get stuck in the skin. Use tweezers to pull them out, especially if the ends of the spines are protruding. If they're not, you can use hot wax. Put it on the effective area, wait for it to dry, and pull it off. It'll take the spines with it. Once you're sure there are no spines left in your body, clean the wound with soap and water. You can also use hydrogen peroxide or betadine. Don't cover the wound with a bandage or tape, because any spines left over need some space to get out of your body. Put a light covering over the wound only before you go to bed. Otherwise, you might irritate it in your sleep. What to do when you've been pulled into a rip current? 
Poisonous animals aren't the only thing you should be aware of during your relaxation at the beach. There's one more thing that claims over 100 lives every year in the U.S. alone. Yep, we're talking about rip currents. They can occur at any beach with breaking waves. They're fast-moving and narrow streams of water that can pull you away from the shore. Before going into the water, check for any suspicious-looking channels. Places with rip currents can be foamier or, on the contrary, quieter than others. If you enter the water and feel a strong pull, get out immediately. As soon as the water gets up to your chest, it'll be practically impossible to break free. If you've still got caught by the current, stay calm. It won't pull you underwater. And don't exhaust yourself trying to fight the current. In most cases, they're no wider than 30 feet. So, if you start swimming parallel to the shore, you'll manage to escape its pull. Another tip is to swim in the direction of the breaking waves. They mark the borders of the rip current. As soon as you get out of the current, swim diagonally towards the shore. This way, you'll avoid getting caught in it again. Use spit for fishing Of course, most wilderness survival tips depend on the area you found yourself trapped in. Most of us don't find ourselves snowed in at McDonald's. However, you'll be able to find a water source almost anywhere, unless you've wound up in the desert. And if you're prepared, water equals food and drink, of course. I know you're probably shouting at the screen right now, kinda hard to be prepared when you didn't plan to get stranded far away from civilization. But in any case, knowledge is power. If you see a lake or river, but are on the verge of tears because you don't have any fishing gear, there's no need to regret leaving your bait and pole at home. All you need is the shirt on your back and the saliva in your mouth, and you're good to go. Now, tie the shirt tails and the sleeves together so that you get something resembling a bag. Then walk to the water, try to be quiet so you don't scare off your potential dinner. Place the top of your shirt right under the surface of the water as you would with a fishing net, and spit. It's an effective way to attract small fish and minnows because they think you're scattering food for them. When they start gathering around in front of you, Yank the shirt up and out of the water. You can either cook your prey right then and there, or use it to attract bigger fish and a bigger dinner. Making a fishing bobber out of a tampon This is an absolute must even if you're a dude. These female hygiene products take up little space in your backpack, but have so many survival uses. They can provide you with four types of material. An airtight wrapper, cotton wadding, a string, and a plastic tube. Yeah. I know, guys, they're kind of weird and scary-looking, but if you're going on a camping trip, throw some in your bag. Nobody's judging. Now, we're not going to cover exactly how dudes should buy tampons in the store without embarrassment here. That's for a different video. Anyway, the wrapper will make the perfect DIY fishing bobber. Just open it carefully at one end, pull the tampon out, and close the wrapper, leaving a bubble of air inside. You can also add some cotton in there, that way it'll definitely float. Now, don't go throwing away the rest of the contents when you use the wrapper to make a bobber. Don't forget you can stuff the plastic tube with cotton to make a water filter. As for the cotton itself, besides water filtration, it's got some other handy uses. Being absorbent, it can serve as gauze if you accidentally cut yourself. Plus, cotton makes the perfect tinder if you need to start a fire. Starting a fire with the help of a condom I know, I know, I can hear you from here. Start a fire using cotton from a tampon? 
How can I even light the cotton up if I don't have a lighter or matches? Once again, no need to panic. Unless you're a smoker, you don't carry matches or a lighter with you everywhere you go. But perhaps you've got some condoms lying around? One would be enough. Yes, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. Now, all you need to do is collect some tinder and kindling. Pine needles, bark, dried leaves, cotton from a tampon? Oh, how convenient. Then fill the condom with water from a nearby lake or river. A bottle of water if you have one on you, or even collected rainwater. After that, hold the water-filled condom over the tinder and wait. The sunlight coming through the condom water balloon will gather in one spot. And as soon as this point gets hot enough, you'll see some smoke and then a flame. Who would have thought? Pringles, Cheetos, and noodles to start a fire. Okay, so let's say you're stranded in a place that has nothing to use for Tinder, and you decided not to take our advice about the tampons. Well, surely you brought some chips to snack on. Pringles, Cheetos, and Lay's are a great substitute for dry leaves. The same goes for spaghetti noodles, but they have one more cool use. If a candle wick is too short to reach with a match, light it with a noodle instead. Fighting off hypothermia using bubble wrap. Everyone knows the feeling of enjoyment and pure bliss that comes with popping bubble wrap. Not only is it fun, but it's also just so soothing. Ooh. Anyway, if you love this stuff as much as I do, don't forget to pack it next time you go camping. It could just save your life, that's all. The pockets of air in the packaging can act as sort of insulation. Think of it this way. The plastic shield will bounce back your body heat and keep you warm. One study published in 2009 by the Scandinavian Journal of Trauma, Resuscitation, and Emergency Medicine proved that just one layer of bubble wrap was over 70% more effective than three cotton blankets. And bubble wrap turns out to be a much better choice in windy and rainy weather. But wait, there's more. This stuff is much more lightweight than cotton bedding. Plus, let's be honest, you'll look pretty funny wrapped up in it. Did you like this tip? Isn't it so simple yet utterly genius? If you want to know how to use other everyday things to your advantage in an extreme situation, watch our next video. Making a small raft Who knows what unexpected circumstances you may find yourself in one day? What if a flood catches you off guard on a camping trip? But your tree climbing skills are zilch. Well, if this is the case, you can make a compact raft to float on until the flood subsides, or at least until you reach a safer place. Collect a bunch of branches, as many as you can, and cover them with a tarp, plastic wrap, or some bubble wrap. Grab whatever you have on hand, and boom! There's your raft that'll keep your head above water. <laughs> You're welcome. Reaching your destination with a flat tire. So, you're driving through the wilderness and suddenly get a flat. Oh yeah, and you've got no spare tire. If this ever happens to you, don't worry. There's a way out even if you're in a deserted place with no other drivers around to ask for help. Just cut several holes on the inside of the burst tire, collect some weeds and grass, and fill your tire with it. Now, you won't be winning any NASCAR races or anything, but at least you'll make it to where you were going using a nail file as a knife sharpener. The guys out there are probably thinking, sheesh, another chick thing. What can I say? They have useful stuff. Besides, dudes have nails too. If you keep a nail file, or emery board as some call it, in your camping gear, it can serve as a pretty good knife sharpener. 
move the sides of the blade along the file for several minutes, and then use your newly sharpened knife in any way you need, cutting off small branches to build a fire, collecting mushrooms, fighting off a grizzly if you're really hardcore. More about that in a moment. Starting a fire using a pencil, jumper cables, and a car battery. One of the most important things for survival, and even for some comfort in the wilderness, is to start a fire. I'm sure you've got the point by now. I mean, how many of the tips in our list are connected to building a fire? Well, we're not done yet, so here's one more. Attach the cables to the battery of your car, as if you're about to give someone a jump. But instead of another car, connect the other ends of the cable to a pencil. The trick here is that the pencil's graphite core conducts electricity. So it'll heat up, and the pencil will burst into flames. All you need to do now is put it on a pile of dry branches with some tampon cotton or some chips. See? It all comes full circle. Finding food It's pretty obvious that food is essential for survival, especially if you're stranded for a long time. In fact, it's common knowledge that a person can go about three weeks without food, but it doesn't mean they'll be able to function normally. But there are so many edible things in the wilderness, such as pine nuts, acorns, wild onions, sweet potatoes, dandelion leaves, all sorts of berries, and the list just goes on and on. If you're not a wilderness survival expert, and most of us aren't, and you're not sure which plants are safe to eat, observe animals. You can follow them around and eat what they eat. You could even be like, hey, Bambi, want to split that? No? Okay, cool. Another way is to test the plant by putting a tiny piece of it on your lip and leaving it there for some time. If it's edible, you won't have any reaction. Don't even think about touching the plants with a discolored or milky sap, thorns, fine hairs, or a bitter taste. Also, steer clear of the ones with leaves that grow in threes. They're most likely poisonous. Now, one final tip concerning bears. If you and your party come up on a grizzly bear, surprising it, and the bear begins to chase you, then run away.